Welcome to Adventures in Consciousness with your host, Dr. Carl Simononic. Hello, this is Episode 10, The Nexus Theory Synopsis. In this final concluding episode of Nexus Theory 101, we'll review from an overall perspective most of the physical mechanisms of Nexus Theory covered in Episodes 1 through 9, Feel free to go back to them and refresh your memory about a topic from any of the previous episodes, if necessary. Also, please keep in mind that Nexus Theory remains to be experimentally validated. It consists of a highly plausible and testable set of known physical mechanisms explaining how consciousness could be enabled in our brains. It checks off all the mechanistic boxes and makes sense. The key factor previously missing from the puzzle of consciousness is the weak light emitted from all the living cells of our bodies called biophotons or endogenous light, meaning that it comes from within. Nexus theory is all about how this internally generated light is organized in our brains and what it does for us. Biophotons originate in the mitochondria of all our cells and are capable of being guided by structures with fiber optic properties along pathways throughout the whole body. In regards to consciousness, we are concerned with the biophotons guided into the cerebral ventricles, which are spaces filled with clear cerebral spinal fluid and lined with microscopic and rhythmically beating hair-like cilia. Nexus theory proposes that the timing of ciliary beating is synchronized with neural events so that biophotons passing through these cilia are aimed by them at discrete points across and within the volume of the ventricles and that our brains are constructed so that this synchronization of biophoton emissions with neural events and beating cilia occurs automatically and rhythmically in a process called neurophotic resonance. Biophotons guided into the ventricular spaces can then interact through wave interference with other biophotons present there simultaneously to form dynamically resonant 3D holographic structures. Those dynamic structures together form a nexus, a kind of data connector operating in synchrony with and driven by the brain's neuroelectrical activities with feedback such that changes in the nexus also influence the brain's electrical events and ciliary beating. The nexus is thus formed from biophotons and its properties are such that certain energies may interact with it other than those originating in the brain and body, influencing the patterns of neurophotic resonance and consequently the holographic nexus. By the way, the refresh rate for this biophotic system probably varies a little bit around 40 hertz, or 40 times per second. With the construction of a proper holographic nexus made of biophotons, a second form of light residing in the zero-point energy becomes able to interact with the nexus holographically and become quantum entangled with its biophotons so that the two sets of photons become one set of photons quantum mechanically. Their properties thus merge, 
localizing little dynamic images of the universe-wide and light-based source of consciousness from the zero-point energy in us. It's worth reviewing Episode 9, Zero-Point Energy, the Source of Consciousness, and Entanglement for more detail about the zero-point energy here, but I'll recap a little bit. We are talking about the background energy of the universe that's been known by various other names over time. This energy demonstrably exists by the Casimir effect and is believed to far exceed even nuclear energies in any given volume of matter or even empty space. We don't see much of that vast pool of energy we're saturated in, however, as it's almost completely unavailable to us by somehow being outside our dimensional timeline and only barely interacting with our own by popping in and out of existence very briefly. But out of that enormous field of background energy, our entire physical universe is manifested and powered. You've probably heard before that atoms are mostly empty space, as are much of the spaces between atoms. Compared to the astronomical density of the energy in the zero-point energy, our mostly empty space bodies and mountains and moons and planets and everything else making up our physical world are the thinnest of vapors. It's common to hear talk of higher dimensions being ethereal and existing in some mode of higher vibrations and so forth, like they're so faint and all, but actually the reverse is true, and it's our physical world that is like a thin, wispy vapor compared to the vast energy from which it springs. That enormous background field of energy, which is manifesting our whole universe, must itself be full of wave and particle interactions in a vast system of holographic interference patterns of its own. Nexus theory proposes that within that vast pool of virtual energy exists the source of consciousness in a higher and more unitary expression than our own, which many teachers and faiths have called God with most, if not all of them, in one way or another, referring to God as being associated with light. Just as a traditional hologram may be cut into many pieces, with each piece able to regenerate a picture of the whole image originally on it, a tiny part of that larger unitary consciousness is able to interact with the nexus to animate the brain and body with what we erroneously recognize to be our separate selves through a process of illusion resulting from our biological individualism. Consciousness is thus derived from the same source for everyone, and we are all living parallel illusions of separateness. This is the scientific explanation for how a small bit of higher consciousness becomes enabled in us, how we are all one with a higher source of consciousness, and because we are all one with a source, we are also one with each other. Just as all the wisest men and women of the world have been trying to explain to us for millennia now. Thank you very much for sticking with me this far. Now that you understand Nexus theory, you may begin seeing how it explains so many things in your life and in the world and help you see through the veil of illusion that makes you feel as if you are separate from other people and from other life. You're not. 
Everything conscious is just the same as you are, only looking out of different eyes and having accumulated different experiences. You are very much the source of consciousness yourself, just as much as everyone else is. The biggest difference between you and most others, though, is now you know. You don't have to feel so separate anymore. So, with that conclusion of Nexus Theory 101, future episodes of Adventures in Consciousness will expand on many of these topics presented so far and branch out to explore a variety of other brain and consciousness related topics too. We'll be referring back to these first 10 episodes frequently, however, so episode 1 is where to best direct your friends and acquaintances that you think might be interested in understanding how their consciousness works in them. Thank you for tuning in to Adventures in Consciousness. This is your host, Carl Simononic, signing out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Adventures in Consciousness. Consciousness.